the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. EA, we're back in studio here in the official Jets podcast, and we got a good show for Jets Nation today. We got Jordan Palmer in the hopper. He's going to be joining us on the pod to discuss all things Sam Darnold, because if you don't know, Jordan Palmer and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, who is now quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, all work together in the offseason. Jordan does tremendous things with the top quarterback coming into each year's draft. Last year he worked with Deshaun Watson, and this year worked with Darnold, Josh Allen, and Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to bring that up, Greens. Where did Kyle go? Do you remember? Or should I look that up right now? You should look. That's one thing I was thinking about. I'm pretty sure he signed with the Panthers. He was undrafted. Okay. But Kyle Allen went to Houston, has no relation to Josh Allen. And here's a little fun fact. Sam Darnold and Josh Allen were both in attendance for the draft, and Sam actually brought Kyle Allen as a part of day one festivities because all three of them trained together, and he wanted them all to be together on that night, even though Kyle did not Get go drafted. in that round. And yeah, But it's still a very nice gesture from Sam Darnold. But regardless, Jordan Palmer worked with all three of these guys. Sam Darnold and Josh Allen are best friends. We're going to get into that a little later. They will not be friends when they play each other on Sundays. Don't worry. They're not going to take it easy. Well, I don't know if they're best friends, but they definitely but they're very good. Friends. They definitely forged a great relationship. And Jordan Palmer is somebody that I've been really trying to track down for months. We were EA play detective. We were at the NFL owners meetings, and we were at a reception greens. And the NFL does it right; has this monstrous reception and food everywhere and entertainment and. You know, owners and GMs and head coaches and their families and media members, everybody's together. At that moment, I feel a little bit uncomfortable about going up and setting up an interview. So I just introduced myself to Jordan briefly because I wanted to talk to him about, at a later date, about some of the top quarterbacks Mm -hmm. coming out. And wouldn't you know it, the Jets ultimately picked Sam Darnold, one of his protégés. So now we have Jordan Palmer lined up for today. So I'm very excited to get a chance to talk to him. But I was not going to talk shop too much when we're all mm-hmm. partaking in, you know, whether it's the food or the festivities and things like that. I just introduced myself real quick, and he's a busy guy. I know he's got family out there in Southern California, and he does his QB Summit. But uh, this should be cool. If there's anyone that knows Sam Darnold, it's definitely Jordan Palmer, considering that they spent three months 24-7 together eating dinner at Palmer's house and everything that's encompassed in that. So I think we should just dive in right with JP. All right, let's bring in Jordan Palmer, who knows Sam Darnold better than Anybody at this point, after spending a lot of time with him in the pre-draft process, Jordan, how much did you know of Sam prior to really working with him at QB Summit? Well, you know, I met Sam when he was about 15 years old. You know, he's just been a guy that, he's a local guy who lives down the street from me and grew up there, and I've been been, uh, lucky enough to be a part of a thing called Elite 11 for a long time, 
and uh, where we have the top high school quarterbacks in the country and a lot of top college players in the country come through. And, and then I started running my own camps called QB Summit, which a lot of young guys and, and, um, and a lot of the top college players. So I've just been able to, to just kind of stay involved and, and be helpful at certain times and kind of stay out of his way at other times. And I just try and be helpful uh, as I kind of go along their quarterback journey. And, and so Sam has, has had a, a really fun one. And because it's been so local, I've been able to be really involved. So speaking of Sam, Jordan, there's your two-year-old son. We can hear him in the background. And, and you said that he really grew fond of Sam over the last couple months. In fact, uh, you said he, he referred to him as his favorite uncle. <laughs> yeah, he's Uncle Sam. Anytime he sees a guy with red hair or he sees a guy with a red shirt. <laughs> Jordan, uh, can you talk about uh, making Sam left-hand dominant? Prior to the draft, you know, uh, uh, Greens and I are always talking about basketball. Who can go to their left hand? But what you did, and we got a chance to read about that, can you talk about that process? Because uh, people point to uh, Sam's uh, turnovers last year and maybe what he was or wasn't doing in the pocket, and that was something that you stressed throughout the spring. Yeah, you know, I think it was – regardless of what the, what the quarterback's issues are as they go through that draft training program, we're really just trying to figure out what are the biggest areas of need for them to work on, and then how do I put them in a position to do that as much as possible? So, you know, if it was Josh Allen who was kind of overstriding and stepping too far, I just built a bunch of drills that made him step too far so he could really isolate it and work on it. And with Sam, what we, we did very simply is just made sure that he just kind of held onto the ball with his left hand all the time sounds pretty oversimplified and it is but it's really just anytime somebody gets comfortable with having one hand on the ball at times we try and and isolate that and so with sam uh i think i think it helped but 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 honestly you know it's going to come down to you know the coaching staff and him making a a point of emphasis as he starts his rookie year and i just don't really see it being an issue you know he also took one hand off the ball and run around and made some amazing plays you don't want him to lose that edge and so i think it's just going to be him managing and, and mitigating that risk reward of how he carries the ball in the pocket because I think the future of the quarterback position is the quarterback's ability to create time and space, to buy more time in the pocket. And you don't have to run a 4-3 and you don't have to be really tall and you don't have, you don't have to be anything because I've seen guys like Tony Romo who aren't incredible athletes in terms of their quickness and their 40 time, but were very athletic in the pocket and could buy time. Kurt Warner is another example. Yep. So with Sam, being that that's one of the biggest parts of his game, and I think it's it's the future of the position, you know, I don't want him to lose a lot of those things that he has, which is that creativity in the pocket, and, and I don't think Coach Bates and, and the staff does either. And so uh, he's in really good hands to, to be able to learn that and, and honestly learn behind Josh McCown because I think Josh does a great time of buying time and buying space, and he does that through experience and athleticism. And, you know, Sam's just in such a good spot to learn all those things and, and to kind of foster that part of his game. You brought up Josh McCown. I was actually going to bring that up after that, so thank you for doing that for me. But Sam, when he was drafted, mentioned that you had actually talked to him about Josh McCown because you played together in Chicago. So how nice of a room, of a situation is it for Sam to be joining a room that has someone like Josh McCown for him to pick his brain? And how important is it, not only in this case, but in general for a rookie to be able to lean on a veteran like Josh McCown in his rookie season? It's huge. If there was a draft and you could draft your veteran quarterback to help your high pick rookie, like Josh would be my first pick in any draft. 
would be like the number one overall taken player for me in terms of picking veterans. And I played with some good ones. My brother is a phenomenal vet. Chad Henney is a great vet. He's helped Bortles a ton. Very smart for Kansas City to bring in, him in there and help help Patrick Mahomes. He learned from Chad Pennington, so I got a lot of Chad Pennington stuff. Um, you know, I played with Josh McCown. I, my first veteran guy that I learned from was Mark Brunell. What a great vet there. You guys probably spent some time with Mark. Oh, yeah. And so I just think it's imperative. My brother had John Kitna. Carson didn't play a snap his rookie year. John Kitna was comeback player of the year when eight and eight. And so when you think about how important that position is, I think this would be an interesting study. And I think uh, and if you were to interview – 50 really good quarterbacks, current or former players, right, retired guys. And you ask them, name the one person who taught you the most ball. I bet you most of them would say the name of a veteran quarterback before they'd say the name of a coach. When you get a good veteran around you, you get an opportunity to learn from watching, whether they want to help you or not. But when you get a good one who does want to help you, they're essentially a coach. I mean, you think about it. I had zero starts in the league, and I'm training some of the – future of the NFL quarterback. Jordan, uh, what do you think of Sam's temperament? This kid is 20 years old and he doesn't seem to be flustered or taken away by the moment per se. He looks at the, he's in the locker room, there's 60 cameras around him. He says this is great. But with all that being said, he's not a guy who's looking for the attention. In fact, he's embracing being around his teammates. I see natural leadership qualities in him, and he's a guy who you know better than most, Jordan. He wants to talk ball, and he wants to be on the field. Yeah, he's all ball. You guys will learn that. You know, I I don't want to describe too much of how he is and how he's going to be because I want you guys to be able to see it. But I know this, it's not going to be too big for him. He's not going to get burnt out on it the way that other guys get burnt out on it. And he's not going to look for it either. He's not going to look for that attention. He's not going to make a great play and look around and see to make sure that everybody got that on camera. <laughs> he just wants to play. And he has something really cool during the interview process. So I, I work with the guys on their interviews and with the team, um, like their GM interviews and stuff, not, not on the, the media so much. But I had said, you know, you're going to have to be able to tell these teams why you think you're the greatest quarterback ever. And he had a little bit of a hard time with it. My first reaction, I was like concerned. And then when I heard his answer, I was like, and it was so genuine. I'm like, this is like the best answer I've ever heard now. He had said, you know, I don't honestly care about being the greatest ever. I just want to be on a team that went and just went on a run and built a dynasty. I want to be the quarterback on that team. And these are his words, like, I know how important of a role that quarterback's going to play, but I'm not as concerned with being the greatest player ever. I want to be the quarterback on the best team ever. That was not like, how does this answer sound? <laughs> it was more like apologetic. Like, is this a bad answer? My perspective was like, well, wait a second. That's like, because I know Sam well enough to know, like, no, that is genuine. This kid is in- incapable of BS. And it's just absolutely what I think is going to play out for you guys. I think that's what you I, – I think you guys are going to at some point look and go, man, Jordan was right. <laughs> like, that, really is his, that really is his intention, which is just so cool. How exciting is it for you to have trained Sam and have watched him over the last five or six years, the way he's developed, and now he's the number three 
overall pick with the Jets. And then you watch another one of your protégés there in Josh Allen go number seven overall to the Buffalo Bills. And maybe, hey, maybe this is going to become a big-time AFC rivalry that we'll be able to watch for 5, 10, 15 years. This is absolutely going to become a big-time AFC East rivalry we're going to be able to watch for 10 to 15 years. Absolutely. Uh, Josh is a total stud. Very different players. Pretty different personalities. These guys actually became best friends. Um, you know, you, you always hear about these things where, like, the draft party afterwards, it was just Sam and Josh and I and a couple of their friends hanging out late. It was just cool. Like, they're that's how they chose to do it, you know. Um, these guys are just really, really tight. And the fact that their first reaction after Josh got picked was like, oh, my gosh, we're in the AFC East together. We get to play each other twice a year. How cool is this? <laughs> so um, this would be really cool. Actually, I haven't really seen that before. You know, you go through these divisions. And you go, all right, which of these rival quarterbacks are, like, really good friends? You know? You can't really do that. I mean, everybody gets along. You know? I'm sure before the game, Eli and Carson Wentz say what's up and how you doing and how your kids and all that stuff, and it's great. These guys are actually tight. So they're roommates for three months, but it's not just three months. It's 24-7 three months, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's so cool, and, and uh, they just have such a respect for each other. Josh's path was not a normal one. No offers, Juco, all that. So Sam has so much respect for him. And then Josh has so much respect for a guy because Sam's kind of from a small town too. They've shared and they've had lots of deep conversations that I don't even know about that's really cool. So Josh has so much respect for Sam for different reasons that this is a really special thing. So for me to encapsulate how I feel about that in a sentence, I don't think it's possible. And what were the fellas like at the house you guys set up for for a few months? Uh, I, I read a couple stories about them playing Fortnite and also uh, <laughs> also quoting from movies. And their personalities really took off as they got a chance to know each other more. And like you said, it's got to be awesome for you to see how much respect and genuine likeness they have for each other. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's real. It's, um, and they competed every day, too. Right? I mean, they both think they're the best player in the draft, which is great. You want that. I wouldn't want that any other way. It was just never an issue. It was never awkward. One guy had a better day than the other guy. It was just support. And then the guy who didn't have the better day would probably figure out how he was going to beat him the next day. Uh, you know, it was just really cool. You know, I played a long time, and, and this last three months was about as much fun as I've had doing football stuff as I've ever had. How about that? Without giving away uh, secrets... What makes your interaction with uh, the young quarterbacks coming up unique, Jordan? You have that the, the tremendous experience. You just mentioned you didn't take a snap in the National Football League, but you played for seven, eight years. You know everybody. What makes your camp unique as far as maybe the philosophy and also from a drill perspective? Well, I think uh, it starts with uh, I'm living in my purpose. So my purpose is to use my experiences on and off the field to help entrepreneurs maximize their opportunities on and off the field. So I really only work with the quarterbacks that I think are treating their career like a business. And I have some high school kids that do that. And so I don't really do a lot of private training. This is not my full-time job. I have a business unrelated. So I really like the, the kids who see this as their opportunity to take that next step in their life. And, and you don't play football forever. My brother just retired. He's 39 a two-year-old son he's got a lot of life left <laughs> and um and so really positioning yourself to squeeze everything that you can out of your football career whether that means starting one game your senior year or being the third pick in the draft or 
you know, Carson, who's statistically like the 12th greatest quarterback of all time. Whatever your journey is, you know, I really want to use my experiences uh, to help them maximize their opportunities. And so it comes from that place. And then second, you know, I, I know as much as what it takes to be a franchise quarterback of, I think, anyone in the world ever who wasn't a franchise quarterback. Because it, it, it wasn't just my brother who, who was one, but I, you know, I did play, you know, better part of eight years around some really good ones. And, and I also backed my brother up for three years. I intimately know the things that he went through more so than most backups know. Yeah. And this is my best friend, Carson. So there's just so much stuff that happens that I've been exposed to that I can share before it happens, but also can be there, you know, during the high times and the low times. And, uh, and so that's been something that's been really, really valuable for me to help uh, these guys on, on their journey. And, and uh, I just enjoy doing it a lot. Oh, well, that's fabulous insight. We really enjoyed catching up with you, and uh, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks, guys. Great talking to Jordan Palmer. I mean, tremendous insight, really, from someone that spent three months with Sam Darnold. And we didn't talk about this with him, but I heard on a separate interview that when Jordan first met Sam Darnold, he called him a dead ringer for his brother, Carson Palmer. And as far as what he looked like or the player? Uh, I, th- I think he just meant kind of like an all-encompassing kind of thing. Because remember, we just talked to him about it, and I think I was aware of that before, even before I asked that question. Southern California's football is big, obviously, and Jordan was familiar with Darnold at 15? Yeah. So he must have been a pretty darn good athlete at 15. Pro- I mean, we've talked about this before. He played linebacker in high school. He was a point guard. Actually, Trent Dilfer, who was also Was he a shoot-first point guard, though? He averaged. He's like you, probably, because, it, you know, you like to put the ball up. Guy averaged more <laughs> than 20 a game. Yeah. If you're a point guard who averages more than 20 a game. Are you a point guard? Is that what you're saying? Well, you're, Is James you, Harden a point guard? You're like a one-slash-two. You're everything. It's just, no, James Harden is not a point guard. Chris <laughs> Paul is a point guard. Is, is Ben Simmons a point guard? It's a great question. But regardless, Sam Darnold played point guard. I don't know what his teammates were like, so maybe he needed to score first. But he's a big guy, too. My mom said that after I interviewed him. I said, wow, he's such a big guy. And I said, well, Mom, I'm not that big of a guy. <laughs> okay, well, neither am I. But so, okay. oh, so, so uh, what Jordan said there, and I tend to agree with this, is that he thinks the NFL is changing. Yeah. He thinks the quarterbacks – are going to have to make plays out of the pocket. So are we seeing it? It's like uh, the old hockey analogy. I used to play goalie growing up, and folks used to talk about a stand-up goalie. There's no such thing as a stand-up goalie anymore. Everybody pretty much in the National Hockey League is now a butterfly goaltender. So now are we going to be talking in 10 years as far as are there any true prototypical pocket passers remain? Do they remain, or are they going to be dinosaurs because our guys like Darnold, who, listen, he doesn't live out of the pocket, but the big key there is that he can win and succeed on Sundays because he doesn't need to necessarily stay in there. He can make plays off script. I guess we'll find out in both Donald's case and the evolution of the NFL but I think that what Palmer is saying is true is that if you look at the quarterbacks coming out I mean Josh Rosen was the purest passer but he wasn't the most mobile however there aren't a lot of guys that are like that anymore coming out of college and I mean we'll see I mean not only the quarterbacks but you know Charles Davis 
at the combine said the running back renaissance is real. And a couple of years ago, we were talking about that the running backs are no longer as important as they once were. So, what we'll see, it's a constant evolution, and that's just the way the NFL well, goes. Four quarterbacks, one of the top ten. You mentioned Rosen, and he's the guy who's most likely to try and to beat you from that pocket position. But Baker Mayfield has tremendous feet. He's going to make that transition from Oklahoma's offense, but he's an accurate passer, but he can buy time. We know Darnold can buy time. We know Darnold can also pick up yards down the field with his feet. He's tough. He's got more of a, a bigger body. And he also had some interesting comments on uh, Josh Allen there. And because Josh Allen, people are like, oh, he's just an arm. He's a really good athlete. You he might, is a good athlete. You might see the Bills sometimes dialing up some RPOs for Josh Allen. He's 240 pounds. Time will tell. Not only the NFL, but on the official Jets podcast. That's all we got. Big thanks to Jordan Palmer. Hit us up on Twitter. E. Allen Jets. Ethan Greeny Jets. That's all. Ethan Greeny? Yeah, I'm changing it to E. Greenberg, though. <laughs> <laughs>